Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James. Today, we're talking about location, restocks, and reprints. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another week. Last episode, we were joined by Eric Schweitzer of The Gamer to give our live reactions to set three news drops. For those of you who listened to that, like those were our live reactions. We uh, uh, got up early for that one. Anyway, so even though we had had been talking about it on Twitter and stuff, that was our actual like first exposure to it. Anyway, so if you didn't get a chance to check that out, make sure to go back and listen to it. Today, we are joined by none other than Y Breezy, the Cusco number one fan himself to talk about this news. First of all, welcome, welcome. And secondly, tell us, where does your username come from? I've wondered that since the day you came on the scene on, on Twitter. Well, th- first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am the big Cusco guy. Uh, and then the name Y Breezy actually has a little fun little story. Uh, originally, uh, I'm from New Orleans. And um, when I was about like, I want to say 10 years old, um, the, the New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl. And uh, the city was rejoiced, you know, it, 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 it was crazy. And it was about the same year that I got my first like username, which was why Breeze 9 uh, after Drew Brees, which was basically our God at that point. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And then You're welcome, uh, by the way, from uh, the gift from the San Diego Chargers. Bad shoulder. Sorry. Just, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> y'all see y'all said bad shoulder and we, we took him and you know, the rest is history. But after that, uh, I took that with me and then it just kind of transformed into why breezy. I was just like, rolls better. I like it more. So why breezy got stuck around and then here we are. Nice. I like it. And uh, when I was looking at you, when you first came on the scene, I, you, this is not your first, well, we're going to talk about your content creation journey, but sure. this isn't your first foray into content because you were making Pokemon content first, weren't you? Uh, yes. Uh, initially way before that, it was, uh, it was like other sports games and stuff like that. And then eventually turned into Pokemon, which was my collection and, uh, everything else in between. I started playing that game initially, uh, but I kind of had a fallout with the game just because. I, I was the way the game played wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And that's kind of where I kind of fell apart. And then this game came out and I was like, I like Disney. I like I, one of my favorite movies of all time is Emperor's New Groove. And they released a card and I was like, I will do whatever it takes to be playing this game. And here we are. So I'm guessing that that's basically, is there anything more to your Lorcana journey than just like, oh, it's Cusco, I'm in? Um, at, To be honest, uh, yes. Uh, just because I, I wanted a new card game. Uh, Pokemon was in this situation where, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the post-COVID, it was just like super, uh, super basically just everywhere. The product was kind of slowing down. Uh, and uh, I was just not enjoying it, and I wanted a new card game, and Yu-Gi-Oh! was something that I was looking into dabbling, and it just didn't click with me. Uh, Magic the Gathering also didn't work out, uh, just because I, 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 it was just like 30 years of catch-up that I just couldn't do, and because of that, uh, I just wanted something new, and I, I, I guess stars aligned perfectly because Disney was like, let's make a card game. And I was just following it slowly and slowly. And they came out just about the same time where I was kind of done with my Pokemon journeys and uh, Disney took over. That was one of the things that really attracted me to it as well as this opportunity to get to it on the ground level. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I used to play the star Wars decipher card game way back in the day. There's a community out there that's still playing it. And I interact with them on Twitter and every so often they're like, hey, you should get back into it. And then I look at the rule book. It's like 146 pages of rules. And like, yeah, I can proxy all the cards and stuff. So that's not an issue. But I'm like, that is too much for me. It's, I'm not going to say it's too complex, but I don't want to put forth the effort 
to uh, learn all these minute rules where I can start with Lorcana and just be that wealth, that well of knowledge going forward. Exactly. Something about playing with vanillas for the first couple of sets that's just super magical, you know? Playing the one drop with no effects. <laughs> Lorcana's feeling. wardrobe. Exactly. That's right. Flounder. So cool. Oh Flounder. my God. There you go. Yeah. There's just <laughs> something magical about like starting with that and then watching it evolve. So I know you do a lot of live streams. In fact, I tuned into one of your live streams last night. Sounds like James tuned into one of your live streams tonight as of this recording. How did you settle on uh, streaming on Pixelmorn? And I'm just curious, did you try other forms of content creation before settling on streaming? Uh, for for Lord Kana specifically, I, I wanted to just play the game as long as I can. Uh, the game was really fun. It, it is just so perfect to play while stream because you do your turn and then you can take a little moment to interact with the chat talk about random things while your opponent does other things so i i think it, for me it was just a perfect fit because i go on tangents quite often i'm loud uh and it was just perfect for me to do that through this uh through twitch uh i wanted to do shorts initially uh i, I did some of that just didn't like it so I wanted to play the game as long as I can, with, even with a busy schedule. And because of that, Twitch worked out perfectly. And Pixelborn just happens to be the best client for it uh, at this point. And uh, I, I do also appreciate the creator of it and everything that he does for the community as well, uh, alongside his charity work and everything else in between. So uh, that just kind of, again, just stars aligned where I, there was a perfect online client for it and i was able to download all the pictures for the cards and load it up and press go live and uh, that's kind of been the start of it two months ago and uh, people like you've been more than kind to me and it's been going great and uh, i think the only issue with it is that we don't have a category yet where it's just disney so all, all of the fellow Lorcana Twitch streamers are kind of separate and like spread apart. But other than that, I think it's the best way to do it. And it's been interactive. And I, I honestly love every single second of that streaming uh, pixel more. Well, the thing that I enjoyed about watching your stream and watching your streams in the past is just the level of energy that you bring to it. I mean, oh, you're like the complete opposite of me. I am not very emotive, not very expressive. Um, but I'll be honest, when I was watching, when I was watching live, uh, I don't know how you can like focus and concentrate on the game. Like I'm so focused on the chat that I'll be honest, like I was barely even paying attention to what's going on in your game. That's that's kind of what happens. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but like I don't I forget the mulligan quite often. <laughs> That's kind of a theme for the last two months that like the game will start. I'll have my seven cards. I'll click the <laughs> buttons, which the all of the ones that I want to mulligan. And like someone will say something about a movie, a Disney movie, and then we'll go on a tangent for like a minute and there's a timer. And all of a sudden my my hand is just six uninkables. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, well, uh, we're going to just play and so on it just goes on forever and we lose some games but yeah no i, I remember last night there was a point where everybody was like you forgot to use the flute yeah flutes complete just sometimes whenever uh those conversations happen the flute kind of gets a backdrop I, it happens all i lose i lose games because of chat quite often but that's okay you know we're having a great time it's just a good time energy's good upbeat if i lose some games it's okay i'm a bronze in pixel porn because of that reason but <laughs> it's just part of it you know you just got to get up to silver so you can then lock it you know and then just and get then locked just in yeah gotta lock in and then you don't get back down to bronze so you can say <laughs> hey at least i'm in silver <laughs> one day we're gonna i'm just gonna lock in like i'm gonna have one of those tunnel vision masks on and just play the game for like six hours while the chat's going to prove a point that I'm decent at the game. Now, question for you before we move on to the next one. When we had Eric on last week, we were talking about specifically the data that comes from Pixelborn and how it's not truly reflective of 
the reality of the meta. Uh, do you feel like, do you go play at the local scene? Yes. Uh, I was just at my league before this, actually. So do you feel like playing online prepares you for the league? Because, I mean, specifically one of the things I'm thinking about is on Pixelborn, you're not able to play best of three. It's just best of one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Interestingly enough, some of the local scenes do best of one, which I personally not a big fan of. But um, I I don't think the Pixelborn uh, mirrors it to perfection uh, just purely because there's just something magical about having, you know, a person in front of you having that conversation and playing the game as well. Uh, but also there's some uh, crutches that Pixelborn uh, provides, uh, like the the being able to do the math the, instantly by just looking at your lore. And I think uh, utilizing that in Pixelborn and then going back to your uh, locals, that does see a lot of like mismatched math. That happens in IRL that I catch and win games through. Uh, so one of the things like Pixel for when it comes to like Pixelborn, I, I always recommend people to not use that uh, to get that translation kind of going in. So they don't they have to do the math. So it, it actually helps them a little bit. Uh, so I, I don't think it mirrors it to the point of like, oh, yeah, if you do well in Pixelborn, you're going to do well IRL. But I do think you'll get a good idea what your matchups are going to look like. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I kind of, I've been like reading some things on like Discord and, and, and on Twitter. And it, it just feels like, you know, some people are like, well, you know, at my locals, we had a lot of like a lot of people playing popsicle decks or something like that. And it's like basically Pixelborn just feels like another region. Like, you know, it's like, it's like a really big local. Right. where you know everyone is playing a certain amount of decks it's just there's more of them and there there are more of the the straight meta decks but it's still just another local essentially so, you know i mean i go to my locals and it's, i mean it's like playing on pixelborn unfortunately because uh everyone's like you know like i gotta win <laughs> so right, there's right. there's there's not as many of the like oh let me play my my built my my deck full of frozen characters like there's not a lot of that so with pixel yeah that does happen as well uh you know i I try to make fun decks like that on pixelborn where i know i can't bring it i i i made mono green just to prove a point and it wins games but like you can't bring that and that that you can have that fun on pixelborn that you won't be able to do in locals especially if you're like it's an entry of there's an entry fee in most local tournaments and you don't want to do bad just knowing that your deck is just bad so because of that, there's a competition level that rises from it as well. But Pixelborn, there's Pixelborn tournaments too, but it, 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 is, this, it is similar, like you said, uh, where it's like, you know, it's, it's its own format. It's its own locals that you can kind of take away a little bit of information and then bring it to your own locals that you can go to. All right. So let's get into some new Lorcana stuff. We're going to talk locations. So, Jared, last time you mentioned when we were talking about it, we had no idea how locations would work. We had guesses about it. And then, like, the day our episode dropped, of course, they did a Q&A. Steve Warner was like, here's how everything works. So let's cover real quick how locations work, uh, since we didn't talk about it in the last episode. And uh, just real quick on the card layout, um, if you're looking at it horizontal, top right is the ink cost, just like a normal card. It can be uninkable or not. On the uh, middle right is the willpower, just like our characters. It has a willpower for how much it takes to banish it. Uh, There's a lore symbol. That's its lore. And on the left side, instead of uh, whatever we thought it may be, uh, one of us might have guessed this, but the, the number on the left side in the middle is how much it costs to move a character to this location. Um, And then the lore is earned during the set phase of your turn. Whatever lore you have on hand on a location you earn at the beginning of your turn. That's a bit for locations. Um, There's a lot of little details like characters at a location. When a location is banished, they just drop off. Nothing happens to the characters. There's going to be special abilities on characters that affect that deal with locations there's going to be locations that have special abilities that help your characters or your lore or whatever it may be we don't know because we haven't seen any other locations except forbidden mountain um so that's the basics of locations 
Uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention about locations you know, like that, like the actual like technical aspects of it before we move on to let's talk about locations? Um, I think the biggest one I do want to mention is like you can't banish it with cards like be prepared. Yeah, that's a big deal. I think that's going to make a big impact on how the game is going to go forward. I think that's a big technical one that I, I, I do want to pinpoint. Yeah, they did make a point of saying that they put wording on the cards from the beginning where they specifically call out characters so that they can't affect locations. And as an aside, let's talk about that, about how they, they planned this in advance. So, I mean, this really feels like why we haven't gotten comprehensive rules, right? Because the game wasn't finished. Yeah, definitely. If they, if they plan locations out and they weren't like, well, we can't have locations until set three. We can't release comprehensive rules that mention locations with set one. I mean, this is something we've speculated on since set two, you know, wondering why, I guess we're in set two, since set one, wondering why there weren't comprehensive rules. And yeah, I mean, that's something that we figured was that the game wasn't complete yet, but still, there's no reason why they couldn't have re released comprehensive rules for the mechanics that were already introduced. Yeah, I, I think they could have done in a sense of like chapter one rules chapter two exactly like yeah the small interactions that made a little bit of confusion on some people maybe addressing all of it and then addressing the chapter two issues and then location problems i think that would have been a little bit more fluent yeah but then without any actual competitive circuit official competitive circuit they're like do we really need to it's like hey, we kind of need them <laughs> i mean otherwise you're gonna get uh questions every day all day long from people asking about interactions and all those kind of things so yeah so now that we know how locations work generally is there a specific type this is something i asked on twitter too is there a specific type of location ability you guys would like to see yes uh, i want locations that are negative to my opponent like uh I, I, the one that i was talking about earlier was uh, like beast dungeon where you can send you can force a character to go there and like they can't challenge they can't quest just things that might you know you can stick a character in there and they're kind of trapped in i think that would be a cool dynamic and i think there's a lot of disney locations that could offer that i would think it would be something like um maybe the arendelle forest where uh, when this location comes into play, you know, at the beginning of the turn, exert chosen character each turn so that the location basically, you know, since Arendelle was in a giant winter, then you can have, you know, like the freeze action, you can have a freeze location. So something like that, because uh, you can't have your opponent's characters at your location uh, that, you know, they, they clearly stated that. So it has to be something that affects it like um okay. like the jolly roger uh that they mentioned i think and they mentioned the jolly roger in in the uh in the press release you would assume that is going to have something like evasive because you know it's a ship that moves around and it may have cannons built in so at the beginning of a turn deal one or two damage to chosen character at the beginning Could of you each imagine turn, you know something like that so yeah i i, I totally would uh love to have things that affect your opponent's character once per turn using that location yeah definitely i think it'll just add more into the the, the options that we have that are like damage based uh slowing down opponents and i think that that's something that i would like to have because with locations there's a fear of speeding up the game a little bit just because they are uh they give you lore as they just exist and i think that might speed up the game a little bit and because and for that reason we there they the locations should also offer slowing down of the other characters other cards in the game as well this is never going to happen but my dream location would be uh characters at this location are not affected by uh, be prepared other <laughs> board Great. wipe options oh that there is... will i i think there will be one honestly i think there will be a location like that but then maybe they'll have to do some kind of limitation on it uh, like it'll be a very weak location. Yeah. 
Uh, it'll have very low lore. It'll just have the one lore, um, you know, something like that, where it, it's a it's a protective shield for however however long it lasts, one two turns. So that one ruby amethyst traumatized me. That's all I can say. <laughs> Maybe yeah. one day we'll get like an industri- indestructible keyword for like you know a couple of turns maybe like these people can't be touched and then just I, I think a keyword would help with that as well but again we we don't know what the future of this game is going to look like keywords stuff like that but i think keywording would be nice to have with industrial like undying abilities i'm trying to yeah think i would love to see uh i don't know i haven't really thought about it much but uh Oh, you know, something from the goofy movie, you know, like the Lester's Possum Park. Yeah, Lester's. Yeah, (laughs) something like that. Something fun. Concert stage would be cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. Lake Destiny, Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Just Idaho in a location. That'd be cool. Okay. Really would. Okay. I'm from Idaho. So the fact that. Idaho has mentioned that movie automatically made it one of my favorite movies as a kid. There's no actual real Lake Destiny Idaho for the record, but still oh. it's cool to have it mentioned in there. Wow. I, I always thought it was a real place, but broken dreams right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're well, welcome. That's what speaking, we do here. Speaking <laughs> of, uh, of places that uh, we wish were real. Uh, now I know breezy you would love to see Cuscotopia but uh you know do you want that in the game what do you think would it be you know just give me my utopia please Disney Lorcana created please just let let us have it it could do anything it could be vanilla I don't I anything just uh, optimally I I would like it to just have you know Cusco on location which is give everyone a word I'll be happy with that. That'll be optimal. That'll be great. Um, it'll be funny, like flavor-wise, to have a uh, location that you can play over it. Because in you know how he wants to create it over somewhere else, so you can kind of make it cheaper or something like that. Where it's like a shiftable location. Shift location. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a far-fetched dream, but like anything, I, I will take. The ward would be the most like understandable because like he doesn't want to touch all that stuff I, it's 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 fitting but just anything you know i will i will eat it up it'll be great we'll be loud about it it'll be awesome i would personally lead the bandwagon for you to get that card revealed too like that card is the perfect one for you i anything i i just it's the dream it, it, that is the goal and the dream to you know the card's existence is all i want who, who really reveals it that's up to the disney lorcana but i just want the card I, that's all i want i want my emperor with his throne where he belongs we'll see it's coming uh, i'm manifesting <laughs> it so hard on a daily like the, the moment they announced locations i was like they're the only one the only one I want, please, just make it happen. What about or you, the, James? Or to use lab. Oh yeah, that would be perfect. What about you, James? Any dream locations? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, I think we're we're gonna have to get uh, Elsa's cat ice castle. I think that would be pretty awesome, especially if they all oh, man that one's gonna they do that one that would be look awesome in foil. Yeah, I want that. That one actually, that one would be something. Something like that is one where the negative effect thing might happen, but on your on you, where it's like maybe that's the one where it has ward and all your characters have ward and evasive, but they also get like one damage per turn. You know, so while you leave them there, like they can't get touched essentially. uh, Except for direct challenging, but they also get a damage every turn while they're protected. And it has like two or three lore or something like that. So it's a really awesome location, but it's it's like super weak, high lore, and damages your own characters. Something like that. Because it's ice. You're going to freeze. 
Yeah. Well, Robinsberger, if you need a game designer, we got one right here for you. That would be a great idea, though, because like super powerful, but it hurts you slowly but surely. It yeah. makes sense flavor wise, too. Like, right. perfect. I'd have to go. This is never going to happen, but uh, I'd love for the rides at Disneyland or Disney World to have locations um, if they were ever to do that. Um, but more realistically, I want to see the Lion King locations. I want to see Pride Rock. I want to see uh, where Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba live. Um, the Elephant Graveyard, uh, where Scar is. I mean, there's so many iconic locations. And I mean, it's not just Lion King. There's so many movies with so many. The Jolly Roger, obviously, that's already going to be one. But uh, the, the possibility of locations are just... I'm not good with game design like you guys are, but I am in love with the potential that uh, locations have to change this game. Possibilities are endless at this point, especially with how big the Disney IP is. There's movies that are like, maybe won't ever even come out the first five years. And after that will come out, like my, the biggest thing that I would want location wise, like the dream future thing would be uh, alongside Cuscotopia, obviously, but it would be Halloween Town. Like that's that's like just I would eat that up. Everyone would it'd be amazing, but who knows? There's so much to do. And like that's they not maybe not even on their list right now. And you don't uh, even and, and the crazy thing is is that you can do Halloween Town and or you can do every single building and location in Halloween Town, you know about all the different things. I mean, you can do so many different things in, in every single movie. Like, you know, yeah. uh, you mentioned the Lion King. You can just do the Pride Lands, you know, and or you could do Pride Rock, just the one rock, or you could do the one little location, one little spot where like, you know, Rafiki's the cliff. tree. Yeah, Rafiki's tree. You know, all these different things you can do. So they're not limited. Just like with Dreamborn characters, they're not limited by just using the character once. They have all the Dreamborn and Floodborn versions. Floodborn, location... Pride Rock, here we come. Here we go. <laughs> it's just a floating rock this time. <laughs> space fl- space Pride Rock. Space Rock, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Definitely a lot of options, and it's just the beginning. And I, I think they're teasing that as well. It's just like there's so much more get ready kind of thing. Yeah, so for those of you listening at home, leave a comment sharing your most desired location or location ability. Uh, do you want to see? <laughs> do you want to see a floating space rock? <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, anyway, now we can't finish the podcast without talking about product availability. We have been beating the drum since before the game was released that things were going to be scarce. Like they told us that from the beginning. But still people complained. I mean, it's like knowing you're going to get punched in slow motion, seeing it there, like, you know, it's going to hurt. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. And we've been beating that drum. I know it didn't make it any better, but still miraculously somehow Robinsberger managed to get reprint out this month, which is like near impossible to get a printing time two months early or whatever. But uh, I have to ask you guys, have we turned a corner? I've gone to Target two or three times in the last week. And I've seen product there. I've seen product at Barnes and Noble. I've seen product at my local game stores. Not a lot of it. Like the first time at Target, yes, there were sleeves and sleeves and sleeves. But the fact that I've even seen product, it feels like we turned a corner. How does that, does it feel like that to you guys? It's Christmas. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's the most beautiful thing I've seen in a long time. Uh, Packs are fruitful in walmart's targets anywhere you see there's availability at least um obviously they're slowly selling it out but like two weeks of a week or two it being in the store and then selling out is that's fine like that's okay and then it'll get restocked within the next week or so and then we'll go cycle out it's fruitful kids are able to have it which is like the best case scenario people can open packs just for fun you can walk into your target do your target run where you say you're going to get a bottle of milk and end up with like six packs other random things you don't need Um, (laughs) and it's just like it's so perfect uh yeah a lot of people are complaining that that, that no no product but 
they they also have to do a little bit of a test run too like it's it, it, they can't have product die on their hands as well it's just one of those things so i, I think we're entering a phase where we're going to have product easily available and now it's kind of on the consumer to make sure that we're allowed about hey we we do want this keep it coming yeah keep buying it i mean i i actually uh don't need any more product for the first time i can actually say that it's so weird but i mean i'm gonna buy packs here and there uh you know if i find a trove i'm buying it um just because it's a trove and there's eight packs in there and you know i've had good luck pulling good stuff from troves before so why not you know why not have an extra storage box so, so are you telling me your collection is complete uh it is not complete but it is very close. I am missing two cards from Rise of the Floodborne. And I am like, missing like two, two scars. That's all I need. Two legendary scars. So you have four of everything except for scar. I have five of everything. Oh, wow. Except two scars. So my master set is put away and I've got all my play sets. And uh, for the first chapter, everything's done except for 10 foils. Wow. Now we're not counting the enchanteds. I do have some enchanteds, but those are I, I don't count those as because they're just so hard to get. Those will come with time. But yeah, I am th- I am this close to being finished. So I, I don't have to buy like booster boxes anymore of either the first chapter or rise. It's crazy. Yeah, so. I've got about a hundred cards to go tell him at that point. But I want to circle back to something why Breezy said you were talking about people complaining. <laughs> this was something I was complaining to James about. So knives from knives nerd corner put up this uh meme where it had the guy with the two buttons and it said complain about there being too much product or like the game's dying because there's too much product and the other one was the game's dying because there's no product maybe they were switched um yeah so i've noticed that people complain when there was no product which i get like i was there now that product is available, there are people complaining, oh, there's product, but there's not the product I want. I want a Trove or a D100 set, and there's none of that there. And then there's also people complaining that, oh, there's product sitting on the shelves. The game is dying. Like, hold on, people. Why can't we just, like, not <laughs> complain? And and I understand. Like, this probably falls into two groups of people. You have the players, the ones they're complaining that there's no product because they want it. And there's complaint. They're complaining because they want the troves. Like the troves are so handy to store cards in. And then you have the collectors and investors who want to sell it and flip it. Um, But uh, have you noticed this complaining and does it frustrate you as much as it frustrates me? Yes. Uh, the, fr- the collector's standpoint is something I just kind of ignore at this point because like, this is a card game we're supposed to open it play it have fun with it investments yes you can do that like you've seen that in magic the gathering with the 30 years after but it's going to take years to do that and it's silly to assume that we're going to just immediately flip make thousands of dollars millionaires whatever they want to believe in so those people that are saying oh it's dying because my product is declining those are the people that aren't playing the game in the first place and unfortunately like they are buying product, but like they're not playing it. So I, I, they're not necessarily like part of that. I show up to league every week community. And it's just, it's hard to satisfy those guys anyway, because they're just caring about the dollar sign of their card value. They don't care about what Tinkerbell does. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just look at their TCG player value and that's it. So with that, with that, like, like that's their game is dying. Argument is silly in my opinion um because it's being more available and deck prices are cheap which is the biggest point i want to make with that is like product is coming up we've seen rapunzel hit 50 dollars to 30 right now and um there's already discourse on other card games how expensive their card game is right now the meta decks you can buy about 200 to 300 dollars for a meta deck and play in tournaments and compete well and Compared to other TCGs, that price point is in the median where it's okay to do that. And yes, that's a pricey point if you look on the bigger picture. But if you want to compete or do well in tournaments, that's the price point in any card game you're going to play. It doesn't matter what you're doing 
it's the between 100 to 400 dollar range it is just that um there's budget options and all that stuff as well but product availability is bringing the 600 dollar decks to that 200 dollar range which is where you want to be and i think that is where the game is right now we just need people to keep playing the game and keep that local community alive and the 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 complaining of you know the the product not being available d100 that one that one's a limited a bit limited edition thing they they announced that long time ago we knew it was going to be hard and that's unfortunate but there's just not much we can do about the shiny uh, honestly honestly i mean if you want the d100 you can get it pretty easily now because disney dumped so many into the market at the parks and uh i mean and then on a few of the retail, you know, the big box retailers, I I saw, I went looking today just because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I looked on eBay and there are actually people who are, I think it's some of the people who bought them to to flip them. They are panic selling. And I, I saw um, some listings where like three D100s went for below retail. Beautiful. So, I mean, they're, they're panic selling. They're just letting them go. Who knows if the people like, you know, actually sent them or if they canceled the sale or whatever may happen, you know, and on that, if they didn't get enough money, but the fact that people aren't paying the exorbitant prices and they're readily available on the resale sites, but not for like massive prices, like the rise of the floodborne trove, you can pick up now on one on like eBay for like 70, $75, which is way better than it was a month ago when they were a hundred, 120, $150. So, I mean, the prices are starting to come down across the board. As you mentioned, singles have dropped as, any, as much as 75%, which is crazy to think about. Like three months ago, we, you know, like I said, we were paying $50 for a Rapunzel, and now you can get it for 25 It's crazy. Oh, I mean, about, well, first of all, I was just on TCG Player, and yeah, the D100 sets are, it says, as low as $62.99. Yeah. But speaking of singles... I keep track of what the single prices are for my collection and I hadn't updated it for like a week or two. And so when I went to go update it, it's like everything was at least half of what it originally was. So my like total I needed to get four of everything went from like $1,200 to $600. Like, you know what? This is actually seems doable. I mean, and I pulled like, you know, an enchanted Pete. So I used that as trade bait. Granted, the Enchanted's also went down in value, so he got less. But, I mean, everything was less across the board, so it equaled out in the end. Except Sad Beast. He's still expensive. <laughs> so good. I kept seeing the most play, and it's just like, you know, the other legendaries dropped, so it's unfortunate for you. Uh, that's the only one that's just staying sturdy at that $30 to $25 price point. That's my white well. I can't pull him. <laughs> he exists, I promise. He does. He does. My, he's very uh, sad. He's, he's hanging out on his balcony. Very sad. He's oh, just waiting very, for me. But sad. I do have my uh, Amazon middle of the night order box coming on Sunday, so fingers crossed. There's I have two mine in there. coming next week. I actually canceled one of them because, like I said, I don't need product, but I wanted to have one. Just to just to keep, you know, put it into my collection, put it away. One of everything, just set aside, just so I can look at it. And be like, look, I have a collection. Um, but yeah, I mean, when and talking about all the prices coming down and, and how you know you you track the pricing. I mean, if sometimes you know you, you can get it in your head, like, look, I have a thousand dollars worth of cards here, and then a week later, I have five hundred dollars worth of cards here. That can that can mess with you a little bit or make you feel bad. But, you know, you have to look at it from the flip side. It's like, I have the cards. I can go play. I can build any deck I want if you've put together a play set of everything. And the value is, yes, you would like your cards to be worth something. But there is more to be said for something beyond the monetary value when you're playing the game. So, you know, you don't get too wrapped up in the fact that the price is dropped in half because you still get to go out and play the game every week at your local game store. You know, you can still build any deck you want to go play with and play it, whatever style or whatever, whatever you may want. So keep that in mind. It's not all doom and gloom. So investments are not 
dying. You you get to have your fun. You get to play the game. It's it's okay. It, it, <laughs> let more people come to your locals, play more games, and have more fun. That's the end of that day. What we want. Yep. I have to say though, like just like Eric said last time, I am enjoying Rise of the Floodborne. But I already want to play with DuckTales next set. Like, I already want locations. <laughs> I want it so bad. Is it February yet? Almost there. Almost they're, there. They're, they're making us wait so long after after showing it to us. It's like it's three months away, people. Actually, it's only two months away, but two and a half months away, but whatever. It's three months away. <laughs> too long. <laughs> too Let long. us have locations. <laughs> you want them now. Alrighty, shall we move into the ending segments? Sure. Do we have a Lorcana lexicon this week? I think we're at a point where we uh, are going to draw a close to the Lorcana lexicon unless we come up with something that needs to be addressed. If if you ever have a question about something that you heard or seen and and uh, don't want to uh, ask uh, publicly then just uh, send us a message say, hey, can you explain what this word is? And we will talk about it on the podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, news bits. Uh, well, the only real news bit uh, was we talked about, of course, last week was Into the Inklands was announced, but we did get a new card uh, that was just revealed yesterday, was it? Or was it this early? I mean, I have, time has lost meaning again, but uh, we got a new card. Uh, I've got a dream. It's a song from Tangled. Uh, it's a two-cost uh, inkable ruby with the ability uh, ready chosen character of yours at a location. They can't quest for the rest of this turn. Gain lore equal to the location's lore. That's a good card. Yeah. Sheer players did a little dance when they read that card. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, get get ready one for some more some more challenging. Uh, get some extra lore. I mean, what's not to like? All right, so White Breezy. I mean, you're you do a lot of gameplay. So, what combos are you thinking of with this card? Uh, give me share con. Give me give me the con combos. Give me give me my uh, you know combat challenge players. You're you know give me the steel. I mean, let, let's get a little rogue action here. Let let's do like a steel ruby where you can uh stack up some resists, ready things up, gain some lore. Uh, I'm assuming we're gonna get locations with like more than one or two uh lore as well. So with that combination you're getting like five to six maybe lore in a turn, which is really solid. Um so I think with anything with challenge bonus the scar we can do the scar we can do um and he already readies up but you can even get more out of him you can do sheer con like i said you can even do hercules to pummel more people just more challenging aladdin heroic outlaw plus two minus two get that lore going (laughs) make a big distance yeah a lot of challenge is going to happen with that card if if it sees play the uh one that somebody i think it will make it oh it, oh okay yeah any inkable card you're already like oh should i play this card so definitely the one that somebody was pointing out to me or uh that they were talking about in the official discord chat was combining this with christopher robin i mean quest with christopher robin for two use this to ready me up and then if you have two characters on the board you get another two for readying him up and then you get the lore from the location and then I don't know, like, if you challenge with Christopher Robin, then ready him up with something else. Like, this has the potential, yeah, Shield, LeFou, Fanning the Flames. This has the potential to uh, generate a lot of lore um, without attacking your opponents, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I like my combat, so my immediate (laughs) meat brain went, let's attack people. So... Hey, I have to tell you, this was something that I loved. When I did my Lorcana uh, Rise of the Floodborne draft, I had on my table Shere Khan. I had the Queen of Hearts that lets you draw a card whenever one of your characters challenges. And then I had the Emerald Relentless Beast, who uh, whenever he challenges a character, readies up. And I had Popsicle and I had a Gumbo Pot. I mean, 
So I was just using Beast and I would clear boards with Beast, heal him up with Popsicle and Gumbo Pot. And I was gaining lore with Shere Khan. Like it was was a thing of beauty. Shere Khan Unlimited is phenomenal. Also fantastic draft, by the way. The the list of cards you just said, that's was, was pretty Plus, I got great. two Cinderella Stout Hearteds. Yeah. It oh was my gosh. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And this is not news, um, Lorcana specific related, but James and I are coming up on our one year of podcasting together. So we're Ooh. putting it out there right now that we are doing something big for our one year anniversary. It'll be December 29th or 30th. Uh, details will be announced. Just keep your eyes out. What could it be? I wonder. Wonder. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for some Jeopardy? As much as I can be ready. Yes. It's so, midnight, so we'll see. Um, you're the Emperor's New Groove guy, so I got you some Emperor's New Groove trivia here. Okay. I cannot fail this. I, I, if I do, it's going to be rough. No pressure. I think, I mean, there's a couple of tougher ones on here, but I, I think you'll do okay. So, are you ready yes. for 100? This is what creature Yzma is turned into. What is a cat? Ding, 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 ding. Okay. For 200, Cusco wanted to destroy Pacha's house. Is it Pacha? Pacha. Yeah, Pacha. Pacha. Cusco wanted to destroy Pacha's house to build this. What is his pool house? There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Summer house with a swimming pool. All right, so far so good. For 300, this is how Yzma and Kronk get to their secret lair. What is pull that let pull the lever? Pull that lever? The, the, that is... Uh, pull the lever, but what is the mode of transportation that gets them there? Oh, water ride. The roller coaster. It is a roller coaster, yes. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Here's where it might get a little tough. For 400, this is what Yzma had stuck in her teeth. Uh, what is lettuce? No, it's a leaf. It's 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 a green leaf. It's right here. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Ding, 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 ding. Um, the, the website that I went to just said a green blob, but it definitely was a vegetable. Yeah. Okay, for blob. 500. This is the best way to eat a hot and crispy pill bug. Uh, what is with a lemon? No. Ooh. He slurps it up. Ah. How does Pacha eat it? Oh gosh. What is it with a straw? Through a straw, yes. Five Boom. for five. Let's go. Okay, see, this is why we watch Cusco Gaming with my breezy. Okay. This is this is what we offer. You are the emperor of Emperor's New Groove trivia. <laughs> nice. Five for five. We don't get many of those. No, we really don't. Let's go. The roast straw was, that was a tough one. But you pulled it out there. It's like it was sitting somewhere in the back of your brain. Yeah. And you just had to pull it out. I just had to see the scene in my head for a bit. I was like, I saw he does like a little sprinkle on top and then just like eats it with the straw. I was like, yes. I'll be honest. I watched it a couple months ago and I can remember that. I've seen it too many times. I ever. <laughs> I mean, how many? Roughly, uh, I, I I stopped counting long time ago. <laughs> it's it's been around for too long, and it's been it's that and Monsters Inc. They just play forever, so it's 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 <laughs> yeah, hundreds probably. So why why I know we're going on a thin tangent here, but why Emperor's New Groove? Um, it's a actually a little bit deeper than it what it is. Um, a little life background story. I'm a immigrant who had a decent kind of high rank lifestyle. And then I got kind of, we moved to the lower income areas of new Orleans. 
So I kind of had to go through understanding what privileges I had and learning all that into kind of understanding being generous, understanding, you know, humbleness and all that stuff as a kid into growing up and understanding like, you know, life has a lot of different layers than you think. And that, you know, you, you have to be nice to everyone else and kind of be understanding of everyone's situation because what you want might harm others and you got to understand and create empathy. And I think that that, that kind of made me understand that a little bit as well in my own life. And that kind of, I see Cusco a little bit in me and like, that's why I think that's why it kind of always made me love him a little bit more. Not going to lie. That's like one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. I mean, Star Wars is like my favorite movie, but I just like it because it's cool. <laughs> I mean, the, the story that you had behind that. I mean, I'm going to think of you when I watch Emperor's New Groove next time. There you go. I I, I mean, I, I don't at this point on, on X Twitter, I, I don't even have to say the card name to know what I'm talking about. So like we're getting there. <laughs> no, no I, <laughs> uh, I posted a deck profile. I was Emerald Sapphire. And somebody's wanting help with it. There was no Cusco in there. And you said, you know the card. You know <laughs> the card. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I, come on. All right. So wrapping up here, why Breezy? If people want to connect with you, what is the best way to connect with you? Uh, best way to connect with me is going to be um, x.com slash ybreezys. Uh, I'm the loud Cusco guy. You've probably seen me already. If not hit that follow button and if you want to see me live uh go to twitch.tv slash ybreezy i'm live every monday tuesday and thursdays from 9 p.m eastern time to midnight or so on until however i pass out um we're loud we're we're energetic we're having a good time and i would love to have more people there to kind of share that energy that's impressive that you stream that much that was four nights a week that you're streaming uh monday tuesday thursday and then surprise weekends so it's three sometimes four and it's post work post gym we're always hyped we're always energetic that's that's the brand we offer here no and that's exactly what i said i mean you bring the energy not just on your twitch but also on twitter i mean i've been around lorcon on twitter since the beginning and I can tell you that the energy that you bring to the Lorcana scene on Twitter is it's very welcome. I love it. Well, you guys are stuck with me. So, <laughs> all right. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Uh, if you want to find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, you can find me at citizens of Lorcana and James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal, and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for social media and photography links for my wife and I. And uh, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>